Welcome to Intuitive Bites Podcast. I'm your host, Kirsten Ackerman. I'm a registered dietitian specializing in intuitive eating and health at every size. I'm also the founder of the Intuitive RD, a project that aims to provide weight-inclusive nutrition education through workshops, online courses, retreats, written content, and private counseling. Join me as we explore the foundations of the non-diet approach to health and wellness and chat with leading professionals in the field. Hey guys, welcome to episode 18 of Intuitive Bites podcast. For the episode today, I'm talking with Simi Bodich, who is a certified holistic health coach, speaker, and the author of Letting Go of Leo, How I Broke Up with Perfection. So we're chatting about the topic of black and white thinking or all or none thinking. And I was inspired to talk to Simi about this topic because I heard her speaking about it on one of her highlighted Instagram stories, and I just thought that she explained it so well, and she's one of those people that just has such a compassionate tone and um, really, really is helpful in the way that she deconstructs different topics. So um, you can definitely find more about Simi uh, below in the show notes. We listed her Instagram, her website, how to access her book. Um, as well, so check that out. Um, yeah, and that's uh, that's basically it. Before we jump into that conversation, just a couple things to note. Um, I was interviewed by Amanda Jean, who is a body image coach, on her podcast called Rich Imperfections Radio. Um, so that was a really really fun conversation, um, and she asked me all sorts of com- um, all sorts of questions about my history. Um, with disordered eating and kind of how I got into this field to begin with. Um, But we also chat all about health at every size and BMI um, as a a metric, I guess. Um, And we talk about uh, all sorts of different things like that. We also talk about my history in bariatric surgery. So it's Rich Imperfections Radio. That's the name of the podcast where we had that conversation. It's on iTunes, it's on Spotify, um, so go check that out. If you have any trouble finding it, reach out to me and I will help you. Um, And other than that, just my standard note, um, if you have a moment to rate my podcast on iTunes and just let me know what you're thinking about it, um, either just click the stars or write a quick comment about your thoughts on the podcast, uh, I would really, really appreciate that. And that's basically all I have for you guys today. So uh, have an awesome Thanksgiving if you're listening to this as I release it. Uh, And I will talk to you guys soon. Let's go listen to my conversation with Simi. All right. So Simi, thank you again so much for joining me here. I'm I'm really excited to have you here. I told you I, I had heard you on another podcast quite a while ago now. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have to talk to this woman. She sounds so awesome. (laughs) I'm so excited to be here with you today, Kristen. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Yeah. So this, um, I always kind of dig around on people's Instagram or wherever I find them to think about a topic that I'd like to talk to them about. And um, I think I could think of a million that I'd love to talk to you about. But um, the one that I 
had kind of brought up with you is this this topic of all and none thinking or all or none thinking, um, which I think ties in a bit with you know black and white thinking as well. So um, let me just kind of jump right into the topic because that's usually <laughs> what I do around here. Um, so let's pose it this way. So how do we sometimes bring all or none thinking into our intuitive eating journey? Sure. So this idea of the black and white or all or nothing thinking um, is very much um, is very much reiterated in diet culture, right? So we have this idea of this way that we should be eating and anything outside of that, whether it's um, counting portion sizes, lists of good and bad foods, times of eating, whatever it might be. Anything outside of that is is deemed bad, and when we are following the rules, we're kind of in the the all place. Mm -hmm. And then when we break a rule or we go outside of that, um, we fall into the nothing realm. So it's this very perfectionistic way of thinking. And so when we come to intuitive eating, you know, many of us who many of us who come to intuitive eating have a history. Um, of some kind of food situation where we were engaged in diet culture in one way or another, whether we tried one diet, whether we are chronic dieters, whether we've struggled with disordered eating or actually an eating disorder. And so typically when you come to intuitive eating, you have some experience with the, that all or nothing mindset around food, that this is good and any deviation outside of that is bad. And so when you come to intuitive eating, intuitive eating is so much about, you know, that nice place in between the gray space between the black and the white and really, really learning how to be curious with yourself, really learning how to, um, how to be flexible, really, really about embracing change and growth and, and flexibility. And so it can be really, really uncomfortable because we've been operating in that other way. We've been told that we need to operate in that other way by diet culture. You know, some people for a short period of time, but for others, it could have been decades uh, in that mindset. Yes, absolutely. And I think that it's, people can be hard on themselves about, about this for, you know, kind of bringing this all or nothing thinking into their intuitive eating journey. But um, like you kind of alluded to, it's like, what else would we expect? Like that's kind of, if that's all you know, you're going to kind of apply those same, that same framework of thinking into this intuitive eating thing. And I think when you first hear about intuitive eating or a lot of people, when they first hear about it, it's like trying to fit that into what you already know. It's trying to fit it into that mindset. Um, and that's where, you know, people can, um, kind of turn intuitive eating into a diet. Um, you know, I think it was Isabel Fox and Duke who kind of referred to it as like the hunger and fullness diet. Um, and then in, in that, when it becomes that, it really is, um, you kind of lose the integrity of what intuitive eating is meant to be. Absolutely. It's, it, um, it can be so easy to try and turn intuitive eating into a diet or into a set of rules when that's what we've known for so long and that's how we've operated for so long. It feels only natural. Um, and so it's like applying that all or nothing thinking to intuitive eating when really intuitive eating there, there are no rules. It's so much more about these guiding principles that are just helping to promote connection with yourself rather than telling you exactly what you should and shouldn't do.
Oh yeah, definitely. So let me ask you this, and I think you've already kind of alluded to it, but let me ask you kind of more directly. So why do you think that we have this tendency to go to this all or none thinking? Like where does it come from and why do we hold on to it? In, from my perspective, I see it as this very perfectionist way of thinking. So we want to do something we want to feel like we are enough. We want to feel we want to feel like we're doing a good job. We want to do a good job so that we can feel like we belong. And all of that plays into be, to this mindset. So when we're talking about perfectionist thinking, it's this one super, super small, um, this super, super small definition of success, right? Like you've got to do exactly this one thing to be successful and everything else is failure. And I believe that we fall into that perfectionist trap because we because we want to be successful so that we can feel like we are enough mm. and that and that follows us with that mindset you know whether it's in dieting or when we come into come to intuitive eating like we want to do it well we want to be successful we want to experience food freedom and we want to do it perfectly so that we don't have to feel failure because that can feel really really scary and and we and we want to feel safe mm. i love talking to you about this topic because um, Simi, I haven't read your book, but I, I've seen the book. It's, what is it, Letting Go of Leo? And then what's it say underneath that? Yeah, Letting Go of Leo, How I Broke Up with Perfection. Yeah, so I, I'm like, we kind of led into this and I didn't even totally intend it, but I love it because you have such an awesome perspective on it. So like, do you, I guess this is a bit of a, a tangent, but like, do you think that the perfectionism is partially just kind of ingrained into us as humans, but also there's an aspect of our culture in the United States or like, what do you think? Yeah, both. Um, yeah. I mean, I think as human beings, we all have certain, we all have certain basic needs and like anyone can Google Maslow's hierarchy of needs and see mm -hmm. the needs that, you know, human beings have, but we, we want to feel safe. We want to feel like we belong. Like these are ingrained in us as human beings. And if you think about it, it's necessary, right? Like a, a baby can't survive if no one is taking care of that baby. Like we need community and maybe, maybe less so in modern day, I guess someone could be totally potentially like autonomous given everything that exists like now, but there was a time where, you know, we needed each other to survive. And so I believe that to me, that is a very, very basic human need. Um, and I also think that um, our culture and the way that we, the way that we talk about like specifically women um, and, and the way that women are objectified and, mm -hmm. and the images that we receive and the conversations um, that we hear all the time about um, what makes a woman acceptable or enough or desirable. Um, I think that those two things together kind of create this perfect storm where everybody feels like they need to be perfect. And it's so interesting because sometimes I'll talk with, sometimes I'll talk with women who are like, I'm the opposite of that. Like I, I, um, you know, I know that I know that I'll never be perfect. So I've kind of gone to like the opposite end of this spectrum mm -hmm. or the, you know, the other extreme where I, I'm not even, you know, quote unquote trying. Huh. And I think that this, I bring that up because I think it plays into that all or nothing mindset, right? It's like either I'm perfect or I'm a failure when in reality, like humanness is all about the in-between stuff. 
Oh, that is so interesting to hear that because I feel like it's almost like a pushback against like, okay, I can't reach that. So I might, like you said, like it's okay. So if I'm not reaching that perfection or whatever, then I'm just at the bottom of rock bottom. I'm not doing it. Um, so I think that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. And it's still, and even in those scenarios, like when I hear people having those conversations in those moments, we're still defining ourselves based on that you know, that super small definition of success wrapped up like in perfection. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, so let me kind of steer you in this direction and and ask what, how do we start to get away from this perspective of an all or none mentality when it's kind of built into and ingrained into us? How do we start to challenge that and move away? Totally. Well, I think the first, the first thing is to recognize like where you're experiencing that and how it's showing up um, for you in your life, because people are going to experience it in different ways. And the definition of quote unquote, perfect or perfection is going to be different for each individual person. And the way that we create that definition is through our own personal experiences. Mm -hmm. So it, it really isn't like I could, we could be talking about the exact same situation and I could use the word perfect and it would mean one thing to me and a different thing to you. So each person really has to sit down with themselves and say, like, where am I experiencing this all or nothing, this black and white thinking? And how am I defining perfect for myself in this area? Like, what is my limited definition for success um, in this area? And, and then do a little bit of digging. Like, where did that definition come from? Like, where, where did I first learn to define success for myself in this way? Um, like what were some of the messages that I maybe received either from people that I knew or from, um, society as a whole, those kinds of things and, and really get clear on that. And then there can be a fear to letting go of the all or nothing thinking, because like we talked about, you know, a few minutes ago, human beings want to feel safe and they want to feel loved and they want to feel like they belong. And many of us in our minds have told ourselves that if we can't check this perfect box that we aren't going to be able to experience that. So there can be a lot of fear in letting that go. It can feel really scary. So, you know, giving yourself permission to feel those things and work through those things and reflect on those things. And then ultimately, once you're clear on on where you're experiencing it, then is kind of the equally fun and challenging part of exploring that in-between place, exploring the gray space, exploring that nice place in between. And really, um, really starting to step out of those, those rules and, you know, seeing what's there, stepping into more of a growth mindset where you are curious, where you are putting yourself in maybe new and challenging um, situations and practicing compassion with yourself in those situations and really, really getting excited about what you can learn and how you can grow rather than feeling stuck in in, you know, quote unquote, who you already are. Yes. Oh my gosh. So much good information. And I think that this is an important thing to be covering because I think that, um, there's a lot of people who feel like, you know, they're hearing all these messages of, um, how to do intuitive eating or whatever. Um, and the, the truth is that there's so much that lies beyond the surface. And, and it's, I think people can get frustrated when they hear, you know, okay, just, you know, listen to your hunger of fullness, like stop worrying about food, drop your food rules, like it's fine. And it's like, okay, but like, 
there's a lot of reasons why we're holding on to those things. And there's a lot that we are um, kind of internalizing about how good we are around food and how, or how bad we are, how we, we perceive ourselves to be those ways. And those, that whole process is serving us in some way. So I think sometimes when people just hear, okay, just drop all that, just like tune in and you'll be good to go. Like it can sound so simplistic, but it's actually so, so hard to challenge that. Yes, it seriously is. And I mean, every, and obviously everybody comes to intuitive eating with, you know, their own journey and their own stories and their own history. And so people are going to be able to like dive in at different places and, you know, have different, have different fears and all of that. But, you know, I know for me, like I could not, it it wasn't like I found intuitive eating and, 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 you know, read the book or learned the principles and all of a sudden was just sitting down to a quiet, quiet meal alone, like always eating when I was hungry, always stopping when I was full. And like, I mean, there was no flip that, that switched. Like there was a lot of, a lot of work, you know, working through the things that you just mentioned to be able to get to a place where, where I even felt like I could even remotely do that some of the time. (laughs) Yes, yes. And I think the way to think about intuitive eating, at least the way I like to think about it, is like, it's kind of, it's just like this doorway. It's this thing that it's like, okay, you can start to like apply some of these like physical and sensational um, type principles or whatever, these things, you can start applying them. But really what that's going to do is open up space for you to be like, okay, well, why was I doing those things? And, um, you know, how were they serving me? And how can I better take care of myself? So it's, it's like this simplistic, almost kind of just like, you know, these list of principles, which are phenomenal and amazing. But really what it does is gives you that, that space to unpack and really um, work on yourself and find that growth. Totally. And I do, I mean, and you just touched on this a little bit, like, I really believe that all of our all of our behaviors, our habits, whatever it might be, there's a positive intention behind them. It might, when we actually act them out, it might not have, it, we might not not be experiencing positive like consequences or positive outcomes because of them. Mm-hmm. But there is a positive intention behind them, and so I think to be able to change any of our behaviors, any of our habits, um, to be able to you know shift from being very immersed in diet culture to learning how to eat intuitively and ultimately like just becoming normal eaters. I, I mean, I think we have to acknowledge the positive intention behind some of our, you know, dieting behaviors, disordered behaviors around food, whatever it might be. Again, I'm not saying that, that the behaviors yield positive outcomes or positive side effects, but that there is at least, you know, we believe that there's a really good reason why we're doing the things that we're doing. And until we can connect with that, I think it's really hard to change those behaviors. Yes. And I feel like what that kind of advice and and perspective is that you just gave is it's, it's introducing compassion, right? Like if you can look a choice that you made and say, no, I wasn't bad. I wasn't wrong. I wasn't, I wasn't doing bad things by dieting or whatever, but I, it was, Hey, like I was really struggling and this is kind of what that, that did for me. And, and wow, like I have these new tools maybe, or maybe I can look into some new tools for how to address my emotions or whatever that was, that was doing for me, um, in a new way, but it's, it doesn't have to, the other behaviors don't have to be bad and wrong. If if you can introduce that compassion. 
Totally. Yes. And I think it's really hard to grow um, when we're experiencing, when we're experiencing shame, at least I know that to be true in my own personal life. And so the more that we can, the more that we can, you know, clear that out and, and add more compassion in, I think the more we set ourselves up for successful growth. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So, so Simi, I want to kind of do something that I do towards the end of these, uh, these podcast episodes and ask you to kind of direct this towards, you know, a listener who is really resonating with what we're talking about today and saying, yeah, this is totally me. I've, I've been here. Um, what is a good step for, for that person to take right now? What advice do you have for them? Um, well, I would say that if you can sit down and identify one area, obviously like there's probably listening to this podcast and you were talking about intuitive eating. So maybe um, one way that you are in the all or nothing mindset in your relationship with food and really get clear on defining, defining that all, or you know, however you're defining success or perfection or whatever it might be in your relationship with food and get as detailed as possible. So write down like all of the rules, all of the boxes that you have to check to meet that. And then start um, slow, slowly pick one of those things. Um, So let's say like perhaps a rule might be, um, you know, oh, I'm not allowed to I don't know. I'm not allowed to eat fruit or something. We'll just use that as like a general example. Like if I eat fruit, then, then I'm bad and I've ruined the whole day. Mm -hmm. Um, and to start to create, um, positive growth minded experiences with fruit. So maybe that means that you ask a friend, um, to go and meet you for a smoothie date and you order a smoothie that has some fruit in it and you sit down and you drink the smoothie and you get curious with yourself and you ask, what was that experience like? What were fears that came up for you? How did it taste? How did it make you feel? No judgment, no right or wrongs, just really, really going in, um, creating as safe and supportive of an environment as possible and going in um, with the intention of being really, really curious with yourself about what that experience is like rather than prejudging it based on that all or nothing thinking. Oh, that is such good advice. I love that. Um, you know, just allowing people to connect to their experiences is, is really empowering. So I think that's really helpful. So thank you for that. You're so welcome. Okay. So Simi, tell people, um, tell our listeners where they can find you and just some, you know, things that you have to offer people. Sure. So pretty easy. Basically everything is my name, simibodich.com and I'm on Instagram um, at simibodich. And I have I have a book, Letting Go of Leo, that any you can get on Amazon or Barnes and Noble. Um, and I also have a a free Facebook community where I go and do Facebook lives each week called Beautifully Imperfect. So those are those are great starting places. And could someone just like reach out to you to get into that Facebook group? Yep. They could reach out to me, um, to get into that Facebook group or there's links to it, um, from my website as well. Okay. Awesome. And I'll, I'll link to those in the show notes so people can have easy access. Um, but thank you. Thank you again so much. This was such a great conversation. I think it was really helpful. Thank you so much for having me, Kristen. This was lovely. Of course. All right. So that is this week's episode with Simi Bodich. I will link below to all of the places you can find Simi, um, including her Instagram and her website 
and I'll also link to where you can find her book. Um, so I definitely encourage you to go check those resources out. And um, as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast today, um, if you have a moment to rate this podcast on iTunes and just let me know what you're thinking of it, uh, I would really appreciate that. And lastly, but definitely not least, I hope you all have an awesome Thanksgiving with your friends and family. Um, and I hope you can really just relax and take the time to enjoy those moments. All right, guys, I'll be back next week with another episode, and I will talk to you then. All right, bye-bye.